You know, today, uh, 21 years ago, was a day that if you were old enough, you can't forget where you were when you heard the news. And we were glued to our television screens as our nation went through such an agonizing and horrific day of events. And uh, we want to pause and remember and even think about and pray about and pray for unity in our nation again. But let's remember and reflect and let's use this video to help us do that. Would you pray with me? Father, we do pause and we pray for the families that were directly impacted by those events 21 years ago. We think of the loss of life. We think of children that don't remember a parent. We think of families that were so devastated. Father, we also think of those who served in the front lines as first responders, as law enforcement and firefighters and EMTs people who were rushing into those buildings when others were rushing out for safety, brave men and women. Many of them gave their lives in seeking to rescue others. Father, I thank you today for those who serve our community, people within our own congregation here who are police officers and firefighters and those who are first on the scenes with med giving medical attention like EMTs. Thank you for their service to our community. Thank you that even though perhaps they don't face an event like that today, they're going to face events where their presence is so deeply needed and for their willingness and bravery to be there. Father, we pray for our nation that you would bring us to a place of unity that would see the common humanity that we share. And even when we disagree, there would be a level of respect and engagement, uh, reunite us as a nation. And Father, we pray that you would use us to help those who are going through difficult times in their own lives today. May we share the hope that is ours in Christ. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. This last Thursday, the world's attention was captured as Queen Elizabeth stepped into eternity. Uh, quite a, a reign on the British throne, 70 years as monarch. And in those 70 years, there were 15 prime ministers of Britain. There were 14 U.S. presidents, seven popes, and uh, that, that's, she made an impact on the world, and I love the picture of her. One of the last public photos was taken on Monday when she met the new British Prime Minister, but this was one of the last public photos of Queen Elizabeth, and I think it's just so, such a sweet photo. I was also struck that as they began to talk about 
King Charles, and he expressed his desire to carry on with so many of the themes that his mother embodied and even some fresh things that he'd like to bring to his time as the monarch in Britain. I was struck with this idea of how you have two people of two different generations side by side and this, this generational impact that happens. It used to be seen in, in world history all the time when most nations of the world had emperors and kings and queens and it's not quite that way anymore, but here we saw it happen last week. There's something that we're not used to in terms of uh, political leaders or national leaders, this idea of generation to generation. It's rare today and we understand why. But the scriptures are actually full of the concept of when it comes to our sharing our faith and our God and the hope that's ours in Jesus Christ, we're to pass it to the next generation, to be intentional about that. Today I want to talk about generation to generation. If you want to open your Bibles to Psalm 78, I'll be reading there in just a moment. You can go there on your mobile device. But Psalm 78 in the Old Testament gives us this idea of sharing with one generation to the next the important things of God. This weekend is a prequel, if you will, to the eight-week series we launch next week, eight weeks in the book of Acts, and we'll be looking at ways in which God was growing and moving in his church, and our leadership is going to share with you a vision that God has given our elders over the last couple of years as we've been preparing for the 2030 vision, I'll be sharing that with you over the next eight weeks, and we look forward to that. But this is a prequel because we're talking about something that's going to be a big part of that vision, which is empowering the next generation. But what we're sharing with you today is something you can't just add as a bullet point uh, in what we're going to say coming ahead. And we thought it was important just to stop and kind of have a family chat about this as a congregation and sense the importance of enriching and empowering the next generation. Psalm 78, verses four through seven say this, we will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children. So the next generation would know them, even the children yet not born or yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Do you see and sense this idea that one generation pours into the next generation and then that generation pours into the next generation with the intention that that generation will pour into the next one. The good news about God, the testimony of his faithfulness to, to his people, the truth of God to the next generation. That's a principle in the Old Testament, but it's also a principle in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul poured his life into others in the ministry, particularly a, a couple of young men. Two of those that are most noted are Titus and Timothy. And as he poured himself into Timothy, enriching and empowering the next generation, he said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will be qualified to teach others. There is again in the New Testament this principle that as the followers of Christ, we have people who pour into us so we grow and thrive, and then we pour into others so they can pour into others. You see, God blesses us when others pour into and empower us. Are you having an opportunity? Are you taking the opportunity to have someone or other folks pour into you? A great way for that to happen is in a small group. You can sign up for a small group as they're getting launched again for the fall and 
Allow people to speak into your life for Christ. But we're also blessed. God blesses us when we pour into and empower others. We go to that next generation with what's been shared with us and we hand off the baton to them and pour into them. Are you intentionally impacting others for Christ? Are you sharing with others and maybe even the next generation the good news and the good testimony of our Lord? And then there is a third way in which God blesses us in this generation to generation. Others pour into and empower others. So others pour into us, we pour into others, and then others pour into and empower others. We intentionally encourage them to do that. It's very important. Let me just ask you a simple question. Are you actively part of generational enrichment and empowerment? Receiving yourself and then pouring into and empowering and enriching others for Christ. That's a pattern that is taught both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. This is something that I actually uh, learned at a young age when I was in Bible college, knew I was preparing for ministry, a mentor when I was a sophomore, came and spoke to several of us who were preparing for ministry, and he was building a house, and he was using two-by-two pieces of wood, and so he cut some little pieces for us and had us write 2 Timothy 2.2 on that piece of wood, as you can see. My handwriting's awful, but that's what it's supposed to say. And it says two by two because this is a piece of two by two wood. And he said, hold on to this as a reminder that part of what God entrusts to you as a leader and as a steward of leadership is that you will raise up and empower other leaders in Christ's kingdom. And that's kingdom thinking. And he shared that with us. And I really latched onto that and made a commitment to the Lord that I would look around and seek to empower and raise up next generation leaders as best I understood or could. And so I kept this little piece of wood. And uh, matter of fact, it's been on one of my shelves in my 30 plus years of pastoral ministry. It's been on my shelf in my office somewhere. I've had assistants at times or people who come in and say, oh, let me, I don't know how that got there. I'll throw that away. No, no, no. That's intentional. That's a reminder of generation to generation. We're to be enriching and empowering the next generation so they can do that for the next generation. Now, many of you have been here know that we had a Calvary 2020 vision we set out in 2011 and moved toward, and boy, God brought vision to life. We'll celebrate some of that next week and talk about what God did, but oh, did God do a great thing, and we got to be a part of that. And as we were in 2019 and knew that 2020 was coming and things were coming to a conclusion of that vision, our elders and pastors began to speak about what do we need to envision going forward? What are some things and themes we need to emphasize as we go toward 2030? And as I began to think about that, I mean, I just got so excited about being the point leader here at Calvary. Jesus Christ is the head of the church, of, of this church and any church. And then we as a church are led by a, a board of elders, and then I directly responsible to them. And as the senior pastor, I'm the point leader who leads with the team here and with our staff and with leaders in the congregation to move forward for the kingdom worth God has for us. And in 2019, he began to think about, ah, 2030, we're going to cast a fresh vision. This is so exciting. I can't wait. And, and I can tell you, I am so excited to share that vision with you next week and to lead forward with that vision. And I was just thinking about it. I think, you know, and then when we get to 2030, we'll turn that corner. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me, I should not be the one leading toward the 2040 vision. Because in 2030, I'll be 64. That's not very old. I understand that. There's still a lot of life left in in ministry at that point, of course. But at the same time, 
I remembered this two by two, and I started thinking, if, if part of our vision is going to be, as a church that's going to be 50 years old in 2026, how important it will be for us to empower the next generation in every aspect of our ministry, then I need to remember that and think about that. And so I had a conversation with the elders and began that conversation. I'll tell you a little more about that in a moment. But I said, you know, you might want to just take some time here and think about this so that by 2030, we're clear. And we tell the congregation even way out that there'll be a different leader when we get to 2030. And, you know, you've got Brian Howard right here. You might want to spend some time interviewing him. And they did. They interviewed him for monthly for almost a year, met with Danny and he, interviewed him on doctrine and, and uh, preaching and also in leading and vision casting and shepherding and uh, all those different things for uh, the last year and a half they've been doing different things. And in June of this year, uh, they came to the conclusion about him. And I also said, hey, if someone like Brian was to replace me by 2030 as the point leader, I'd like to still be on the team and work full-time as a pastor on the team and lead forward and be one of the key leaders but not be that point leader. And they prayed about that and talked about that. So in June, uh, we were out of the room and the elders spent some time together and they came to the conclusion, yes, we believe that God would have Brian Howard, lead us forward when Sean steps back eventually by 2030 and be the senior pastor. That's a good thing. So there, there, was, there was one bottom line I came to, and the first bottom line was, Lord willing, I will lead us forward toward 2030, but I will not lead us forward toward 2040. Then there was a second bottom line as the elders engaged and they went through that independent process of spending time with him and nurturing him and talking to him and hearing from him his heart and seeing him in ministry. That second thing that came and then they extended to me in June the opportunity to stay as the teaching pastor. So in some ways we'll flip roles, although it'll be a little bit different. I will stay as the teaching pastor, Lord willing. So the second bottom line is, Lord willing, by the time we get to 2030, if Jesus doesn't return before then, Brian Howard will be Calvary's senior pastor and I will be Calvary's teaching pastor. So I'm not going anywhere and he's not going anywhere as we sense God's leading and the elders move through this. Now let me go back and explain a little bit of the how and why and why would we tell you this now? Well, as I looked toward 2030 and we started talking together, it kept coming up, we need to empower the next generation, we need to raise up leaders to take this church to the next generation. I kept thinking, yeah, and I got this two by two and I've made this commitment to the Lord. Even back in 1989 and 1990, I traveled for the college I had graduated from for a year. And as I traveled, I came across two ministries where point leaders, the main leader, had intentionally in the early 60s stepped back and empowered another leader to lead. And I was so blessed by that that even before I went to seminary, right out of college, I again wrestled with this idea of two by two. And I said, Lord, when I get there, just raise up. Let me be aware. And over the years I've looked for, and there have been people even here at Calvary who've, young people have come along and I thought, well, maybe they would be the one and God called them somewhere else. And that's, that's great. And God is using them and blessing them. And so this has been something on my heart, even to the point that when I was interviewed here 14 years ago, next week, this coming week, I will have been here 14 years as senior pastor. And when I was being interviewed in the summer of 2008 by the elders, they said to me, you know, we'd love to see you raise up some other leaders and maybe even the person who will succeed you. And we kind of agreed to that 14 years ago. And back then I said to them, none of us were really paying attention then, it was 14 years ago. I said, you know, uh, in my early 60s, I would love to see someone else take that point lead and that I become a part of the team and lead forward with them. And uh, I said that back then. And then again, as I got to 2019 and was looking forward, I had written some things down. And then in early 2020, in February of 2020, 
I actually had completed a document I wanted to share with the elders about this idea that we needed to look toward empowering the next senior pastor and talk about that intentionally so that can be something systemic to us throughout this next decade. And I had it all summarized while we were in Israel in uh, uh, February of 2020 and brought it home thinking I'll share it with the elders in April or May. And you remember what happened? And then, so we thought we were going to share that vision, uh, the whole vision with you in the fall of 2020, then it was delayed to the spring of 2021, then it was delayed to the fall of 2021, then it was delayed to the spring of 2020, and here we are, praise God, next week we're going to launch that, Lord willing. We're going to share it with you. It's had a lot of good time to stew, and even this part of it got to stew a little longer than I thought it would, which has been good for the elders. But there was nothing, I didn't know anything about COVID. This is nothing about my reaction to COVID. There was no COVID when God put this on my heart. There was no, um, there was, there's nothing in my personal life or professional life. This is something God put on my heart that ought to be what the kingdom kind of leadership and approach is that reflects the heart of Jesus, empowering others to lead forward. And I think that's a good thing for us in the long run. And I just wanted to share that with you and say to you that I know Pastor Brian Howard, I know his heart, I know his integrity, I know his love for God's word, I know his passion to shepherd and help people, and so I'm excited about this. We've asked a couple of elders to join us. Brian will come up, as well as Rick Bartlett, the chairman of our elders, and Dan Smith, who's one of the elders that the elders asked speak for them in this occasion. And so would you welcome these guys uh, to the platform? <laughs> And uh, uh, I think I want to thank you guys. Rick has served as chairman of the elders since 2015. Done a great job leading us through a lot of stuff, fires and shootings and COVID. And you've done a great job. Thank you for helping us through that. And and, uh, Dan uh, Smith was actually a pastor on staff here back in the late 80s, early 90s as high school pastor. And then was in a couple of other ministry opportunities and positions but then has been, this is your 22nd year, teaching Bible next door at Oaks Christian. And so he has a unique perspective and expressed that, that the elders kept saying in our various meetings over the last several months, hey, Dan should should speak to the congregation on this, and we'll let these guys speak in a moment. But Brian, I want to just give you a chance to share your own heart and how you feel about this. I know I'm excited about this opportunity this presents for me and my ministry moving forward and staying here full-time and having a different voice but an important voice. But what does this feel like and mean for you as you think about this. Yeah, for my wife and I, I think I would just describe just a deep and profound gratitude uh, for this church. Uh, I came on staff here on June 1st of 2010. I was 21 years old. Uh, and so in every way, almost the entirety of my adult life has been here in, in this congregation. I, I met my wife here. I'm raising my children here. All the ministry I've gotten to do has been here. And so I, I love this place and adore this place um, and, and adore each of you. And I don't know, I don't know each of you, but here's what I do know about this church. Uh, I know that you are the most encouraging, godly, Jesus-following, Bible-loving people I've ever met. Uh, And to be a part of this church and get to lead for years and decades to come uh, is just something that is beyond my wildest dreams. So I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited for what God wants to do in the Caneo Valley. This place has become home to me. And as I drive around, I just see people far from God and have this deep desire that they would come to know our Jesus. And I believe that that can happen in so many beautiful ways in the time to come. And I'm so grateful to get to lead in that way. Uh, And so I'm grateful. I'm excited. And then uh, I think I'd say the final thing is, and I'll have many opportunities to do this, but but I want to do this now, is I just want to take a moment to honor our senior pastor, Sean Thornton, and his leadership. 
My, my entire ministry career here, I've looked up to him, I've learned from him, I've been taught by him uh, in explicit ways, and then just learning from how he's operated here, and I'm so grateful for the ways that has shaped and formed me uh, as a pastor, as a man of God, as a leader here at this church. And what we're getting to walk through right now, this entire experience that we're talking about, um, is rare. And it's not rare because of me, it's rare because of him his humility, his love for the Lord, his foresight, his wisdom, his knowledge. We are a blessed church, Calvary, to have Pastor Sean as our senior pastor. Thank you. That's very kind. In so many ways, it seems like what we're supposed to be doing as a part of the kingdom, and and so it's hard for me to hear some of that because I just think this is what we should be doing as leaders in in kingdom work. Now, Rick, I know I initiated this, and uh, we did this, and some people might say, why are we doing this now? Part of it is we just believe in transparency, plus this is going to be a major focus of our whole vision going forward, but I know when I brought this to you guys, I finally shared with you in early 2021, a year and a half ago, and you started just a couple months later and spent almost a full year of monthly meetings interviewing Brian. Talk about how you guys responded, because you ultimately, as elders, are responsible for this, and we needed to hand that off, and you could have said to me, now you're crazy, we're going to go to this, or we're going to work with him, and then if he doesn't sense God leading him to this, and we don't, we'll go somewhere else. Talk about your process and what you guys went through with this. Well, Sean, as you mentioned, you uh, brought this proposal to the elders about a year and a half ago. So I would say the, the process, at the very least, was deliberate. You might call it protracted or lengthy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we recognized right off the bat um, that this was a, an amazing opportunity, a really unique opportunity, uh, primarily because of the, the character um, and the hearts and, and the love for God's church to the men sitting at the ends here. Um, as a result, we wanted to make sure that we took the time to really make sure that, uh, that we created an evaluation process that was really worthy of the opportunity that God had laid before us. I will say that we weren't surprised, uh, again, because of these two men. Um, Sean, knowing your heart, um, understanding um, how God has wired you, um, and you understanding that uh, leadership of a church that is thriving uh, rests on more than the senior pastor. Um, and the need to, to really create a culture of leadership at Calvary is something that has been near and dear uh, to the elders of Calvary for a long time. We talk about it uh, consistently. Um, I had never seen the two-inch piece of wood that, that you presented uh, just a minute ago until last evening, uh, referencing uh, 2 Timothy 2, um, that, that, that mentions that, that you're going to pour yourself into somebody that you recognize to be reliable and worthy of teaching. Um, And you recognize somebody who was reliable and worthy of teaching very well in in Brian. And you poured yourself into him, you as well as as our executive pastor at the time, Curtis Johnson, Mm -hmm. um, created the space uh, recognizing that that Brian would be formidable in the church, um, hopefully someday in our church, um, but irrespective of whether he ended up at, at Calvary, you guys made um, every effort to make sure that, that he uh, would be groomed and, and, and serve well and continue to nurture this gift that God had given him to lead and to teach. And Brian, as you uh, just mentioned, you got here in, when you were 21. Yeah. He was a kid. He was an intern. He was an intern. 
Um, yet we, we have seen him flourish in leadership and teaching consistently over the years. You know, I, I can remember back in 2012, we, um, we, we put together a, a, a very intentional search for a high school pastor. Uh, we wanted to go out and make it a national search because we wanted to find the very best for Calvary. Uh, Brian was the intern. We'd asked him to fill in while we conducted this search. Uh, and we talked to some, some really qualified individuals, had great pedigrees and degrees and experience. But we, we, we came to the conclusion eventually that Brian was the benchmark for what we were looking for. Uh, and though he didn't have the experience at the time of what we thought, um, man, this guy could preach. And man, he loved the Bible. And he didn't need anything but some space in the Bible to bring it to life to the, the, the students that he was ministering to. Um, so, Brian, we, we have just enjoyed watching you grow, watching you flourish. Um, and as a result, it, it's no surprise that we have the, the, the opportunity to, to, to sit here today. Um, but I will say that, that just because we know these two gentlemen are great pastors, uh, and, be, and even though we love them, it doesn't mean that, that we could just rubber stamp uh, your proposal. We wanted to make sure that we went through a deliberate process to, to identify if this was the right call for Calvary, if this uh, transition process uh, was the right move. Um, so we embarked on a, on a very deliberate, um, uh, long-term interview process with Brian. Um, because uh, Sean had been speaking into to Brian and putting him in positions where he could really identify uh, better um, how a church is led. He had been sitting in elder meetings with us for the better part of a year, uh, even before this process had started. So we had a captive audience. Uh, we could conduct this kind of long-term uh, interview process with Brian. And though we had seen him lead, we wanted to, to really uh, better understand his philosophy on leadership. Though he, we had obviously seen him preach and, and know what he's capable of doing from the, in the pulpit, we wanted to get a better understanding of, of what his approach to uh, teaching was and how he prepared. Um, going through the, this Vision 2030 process was a natural time for us to be able to hear his heart for the next generation and, and watch him help cast vision uh, with the elder board. And we also got to spend some time with, with he and Danny together and, and better understand the, the, just the sweet dynamic that they have in their family. Uh, and we did uh, get an opportunity to, to even interview uh, several staff that, that have worked with and for uh, Brian uh, to better understand how uh, he, he works as a leader. Uh, and we, of course, at the, as Sean mentioned, um, came to the unanimous conclusion that that Brian must be our next senior pastor, uh, and that this transition process was an opportunity for us to, to help make Calvary even stronger as we lead into the next generation. So we were unanimous in our con consent yeah. uh, and enthusiastic about uh, where we're going as a church because of these two men. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks, Rick, for explaining that. And I wanna, 
I want to say how much I appreciated the elders taking this so seriously. You know, when Curtis Johnson and I were talking about this and how we're going to, we wanted to be ready to help you because, you know, we're here all the time. You guys are meeting once a month and, and yet we knew you needed to own it. And the way you took it as chairman and the way the elders took this so seriously in prayer before the Lord, I think it, it speaks well for the leadership of Calvary in the sense of God's given us the right elders for this season. And thank you both for that and all the elders involved. Dan, could you share a little bit? I know the elders specifically said, yes, Dan, you speak for us because this is something that needs to be communicated. And can you share what they wanted you to share? Yeah, you know, one of the, one of the things that we begin to just observe over this process, um, just how rare and remarkable this is. And um, first, because of the long view of Sean, not only looking back and God putting this in his heart as a young man and understanding the issue of stewardship, that, that uh, God gifts and raises up uh, a person for a, a season of time and for Sean as a young man to already be capturing that, knowing that there would come a time when his, his season of being on point, his stewardship of, of that would be done and he would wanna raise up the next generation was just phenomenal, and, and so it was really exciting to see that, and the humility of Sean that we've seen in this. You know, he, he initiated this and brought it to us, and we went, okay, let's begin to see where this might lead, and it became increasingly exciting. And, uh, you know, the First Peter 5 talks about um, humbling ourselves before the mighty hand of God, and in due time, he will lift you up. And we've seen that on display uh, through the decades here with Sean's leadership. And that is exactly what we've been watching with this man over the last decade or so, that uh, I've seen him in a number of settings being patient, being, being wait, waiting, being humble, and in due time the Lord raises him up. And then he's waiting and he's patient, and in due time the Lord raises him up. And it's been a wonderful thing. And in this process of being with Brian in this journey a number of years ago, he went through an ordination process and he invited me one of those persons on that council. And he is theologically sound, biblical doctrine is on point. He is a godly, humble leader in the same fashion that this man is. And we are wildly blessed to have a rare and remarkable opportunity to have a senior leader who wants to pour into the next senior leader, and then for him to continue to be pouring into this one when he is on point. And it is a very exciting thing. This has been part of the vision that we will be learning about in 2030. And part of the vision is what we're talking about. And these guys are extremely excited about it. And we are as well, and I hope that you are as well. It's a wonderful opportunity, and it makes much of Jesus, and it focuses on building and expanding the kingdom of God. It's good news all day long. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for sharing that, Dan. Very kind of you. Um, You know, as as we talk about this, you know, we're talking about uh, you're taking that role by 2030. Just so you're clear, I'm leading for the next several years here. Um, You're taking that role by that point. But I want to just, just curious, Brian, uh, what excites you about that possibility, even as we get toward 2030 and you're taking that leadership and turning the corner and heading toward 24? What, what, yeah. what does God just put on your heart about that? Well, I think I'm 
thrilled to, to help lead this church through what, what we're going to hear about over the next eight weeks of Calvary 2030 and some of these themes of reaching the next generation and really solidifying our, our knowledge and our, our love for God's word, of raising our level of compassion for the hurting and the broken in this world. All, all of these things you're going to hear about in the weeks to come are things that are so deeply woven into my heart uh, and to God's vision for, for, for my own ministry. And so I'm thrilled for that. But but I think one of the real blessings of my own leadership as I, as I grow here um, is that Pastor Sean is going to continue to serve on our team, um, and he's going to continue to serve in our senior leadership. And so as I grow into this role, I'll still have Pastor Sean to go to, to learn from. His voice will still be here on the platform and in our meetings. Uh, I've told him that there's going to come a time from time to time, something will happen, and I'll walk into his office and go, what in the world do I do? <laughs> and um, I'm going to say, good luck. That's right. <laughs> uh, but I think that's it, you know, the, the, the capacity to learn from decades of, of being a senior pastor and, and from his leadership and his wisdom. Uh, and I think for me, that is an incredible blessing as I look forward to know that there are going to be good voices around me, including Pastor Sean and our elders uh, as I grow into this. And so I just look forward into Calvary's future and get excited. I'm on the edge of my seat for what God wants to do in and through this place. We have some wonderful days ahead of us to God's glory. You know, I, I love your passion. I love your enthusiasm. And, you know, as I, I think about what excites me going forward, I, I really look forward to knowing as a congregation that we'll go forward into the next generation, that reliable people, it'll be other leaders that will raise up throughout this, as you'll hear in the 2030 vision, uh, next generation leaders, so that we can go forward and keep making a difference till, until Jesus comes, right? We want Calvary to be Bible, viable and thriving. And I'm excited about the opportunity to serve as a teaching pastor, a little different than he does. Right now, you know, his, his uh, path here has been an intern, then he was our high school pastor, and it was interim of some things there, and then the high, uh, middle school, then high school pastor. Then he took on the YA as well, and then we added uh, middle school a little while ago, and then we... Uh, brought you in as the interim executive pastor. I know Pastor Curtis Johnson and I were blessed each time you took on different roles to, to work with you on that. And so you've had a teaching. We, sometimes people get confused. Why is he called the teaching pastor if I'm the one who's doing the main teaching in the room? Well, it's because he teaches more than I do through the week in various venues. And it may come to the point that while I may not be the main speaker here, I may do 30% of the time or 40% of the time like he does now, uh, eventually, I'll have other ways I'll be teaching. One of the heart desires I have and that we have as part of the vision you hear in a couple of weeks is we'd love to make sure people understand the Bible better. This is an era in which a lot of people don't understand the Word of God. It's confusing them. It's a mystery to them. It's such a wonderful book. And so we're, I, I'm looking forward to helping launch what we'll call the Calvary Bible Institute. It won't be something where people will go to college there and fly in from other places, but it'll be for our body to learn how to study the Bible for themselves, to know what it means, how to understand it, how to put it into practical life. And I can see you, Dan, even bringing yeah. some of the classes you've taught in Bible over there and bringing them in for our folks and yeah. others teaching in that way. That really excites me. Then we've talked about maybe a midweek time that I would teach each week where anyone could come, but it'd be more in-depth, kind of like taking what I did with Esther and even slowing down a little more and getting even deeper and that that would be available. And those kinds of things really excite me. I love being a senior pastor. Don't get me wrong. But I am as excited about the opportunity to be a teaching pastor by the time we get to 2030 as, as anything else. And I think it'd be a wonderful, wonderful time. And I also wanna again say how much I appreciate Brian and have such a deep love for this man, for his heart for Christ, his desire to make the gospel clear, his, uh, his integrity and 
his um, vision. A lot of what you're going to see in the vision, he helped shape and helped us put that together. And he's, he's got such a good way of communicating in a visionary way that I think we're going to be blessed as a body as we get to 2030. And he's then leading us toward 2040. Uh, as, uh, of course, this is all if Jesus doesn't come and all Lord willing, yeah. we leave it all in the Lord's hands. But we believe this is how God is leading now. Well, and I think so much of this overlap that's going to happen here as we transition in these roles really only works because of, and we've talked about this many times, the mutual affection and respect we have for one another, um, that I, I love this man, I respect this man, I, I enjoy working with him and for him, uh, and I think we uh, will continue to work together on this, and, and this transition will really happen uh, because of what's been built in the ministry we've done for years together. So I'm looking forward to this transition, looking forward to your continued leadership as you lead us forward into this 2030 vision, this massive thing that's going to be happening for our church, uh, and I'm looking forward to serving under your leadership as I continue to grow. Great, and uh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Rick, if someone asked us, okay, when is this actually going to take place? You keep talking 23. What does that mean time-wise to yeah. the elders? And the elders are the ones who manage That's this. probably not the last time that's going to be asked. No, either. no. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, we fully expect the transition to take place by 2030. Um, do we have an actual effective date in which that baton is passed? We don't. Uh, we've set up this framework for a transition, and we fully expect it to be a natural process. Um, we also expect it to be managed well. And, and you know, we've been using this, this metaphor, um, talking about a relay race. And, and we know that four men can run a relay faster than one man can run around that track. Uh, and the strength uh, is, is in not only that they're running full speed during the race, but they're running full speed. Both men are running full speed as that baton is passed. Um, so there's some leeway there in, in when the actual baton is passed, but we know that both of you guys are gonna be running full speed on both the teaching side and the leadership side, and, and the elders are gonna manage that process really closely and, and uh, continuously communicate progress uh, to the body as well. Great, thank you. And again, I wanna say thank you to you because you, what you guys did with the process by taking time to interview he and Danny, some of the elders spent time with meals with them over that year, year and a half of time. And uh, you interviewed him related to doctrine and, and his leadership, his vision, his compassion, his shepherd's heart. I, I think that blessed me actually to be a part of hearing that and just kept confirming for me how important it is to um, trust the elders in a process like this because multiple voices, there's wisdom in, in the scriptures say and the, you know, multiple counselors provides wisdom and, and I've been blessed by that. And Dan, how would you say to the congregation as an elder, how can they be praying for this and what's ahead for Calvary in these next yeah. eight weeks and in the next eight years? Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, our King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the risen Savior Jesus gave us a, a profound commission to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything that I commanded you, and I'll be with you always until the end of the age. That's it. That's what we do, and that's what we're reaching for. In partnership with the Holy Spirit, we want to be about making much of Jesus and expanding the kingdom of God. That is who we are. That's what we want to do. That's the mandate. That's the call that 
our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ calls us to. So pray that we will just continue to stay on that focus. He is the main thing, and we've gotta keep the main thing the main thing, and the main thing is the risen Savior, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. That's Thank what we you need to so be about. Amen. Thanks, Dan. Let me, let me go back and just say that um, all of us need to have people pouring into us. All of us need to be pouring into other people, and then we need to encourage them to still pour Christ into other people, right? And we're gonna be a congregation the next decade that is constantly raising up next generation leaders. But at the same time, this has been a season in which we've, raised, we've established a seasoned adults for older adults in our congregation and ministry because we're not saying we're done with any generation. That's the generation that has blessed us and, and positioned us and prayed for us and prepared the way. It's just, a, it's so important to make sure we're pouring into others so that what is God's work can continue uh, no matter who is leading from the platform or not. It's God's work that moves forward. And so let me just ask you, do you have someone pouring into you? Are you pouring into somebody else? Again, the small groups are a great place to get into a situation where those two things could be happening. And I would encourage you to do that as a follower of Jesus Christ. I also, again, want to reiterate kind of the bottom line here. I'm looking forward to leading as the point leader our congregation toward 2030, but I won't be leading toward 2040. I'm also very aware and excited that, Lord willing, uh, Brian will serve as the senior pastor that will lead us toward 2040, and I will be the teaching pastor during that journey. And I think God has some great things in store for all of us as we continue to make much of Jesus and we seek to live and love like Jesus. And uh, we're disciples who should be making disciples Amen. who live and love like Jesus yep. too. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, for our uh, for Danny Howard and my wife Leslie to join us, as well as other elders that are present in the room of our elder board. If you'll join us up here, they're going to have a time of prayer. One of the elders is going to lead us in prayer, so we're going to move up here. And again, next week starts this new series, eight weeks in the Book of Acts, and we'll be talking about some incredible things. One of the main thrusts will be enriching and empowering the next generation. We're looking forward sharing this with you. We've got a booklet. The small groups have a curriculum uh, booklet that they're going to be sharing uh, with their folks that'll help you in the curriculum of the small groups that will align with this series. I think we're looking forward to a couple of months ahead that are going to be incredible together. And then even years ahead, should Jesus come. Now, if Jesus comes back and changes all these plans, praise God. Praise God. All right. Who's going to lead us? Bert's going to pray for us. Bert's going to lead us. All right, Bert. Thank you. Father God, first and foremost, thank you so much for who you are, what you've done for us, the gift of eternal salvation, your death on the cross. I just praise you and thank you for that. Thank you for Calvary, a church that loves you, that makes much of Jesus. Thank you so much for Sean and Leslie, the dedication that they have to you. Thank you for protecting them, and I ask, Father, that you continue to protect them. Thank you for Brian and Danny, the model that they have been giving to so many of the young people, but also to all of us of any age. And Lord, right now, we ask that you would guide and continue to direct us as a church, as an elder board, as pastors on this transition that happens between now and 2030. Give us wisdom. Help us to hear your voice, not just our own. 
be with Sean and Leslie as this change occurs. Continue to, to keep that hedge of protection around them. Continue to keep the hedge of protection around Brian and Danny. And remind us, Lord, day by day, how dependent that we are on you. There's nothing we can do for eternity without you being in the middle of it each and every step of the way. Thank you for who you are, Jesus, and it's your name we pray. Amen.